0: is back in session welcome to an extremely exciting episode of the devils do i am your host carl duty with me as always is the man who now knows the answer to the question who's your daddy mr drew celestino
1: i mean i know mine
0: (laughs) (laughs) I i know i know some of that answer yeah how uh how you doing sir I'm good. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, mostly
1: well rested.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I you know I think we're gonna switch it up this week. Um, I think I will go first in the how was your weeks mm. section since the the how was your weeks section that's a buried lead here, folks. It's gonna be very one sided. Probably gonna take up a good chunk of the show.
1: Yeah, well, it's you know, we'll entirely
0: see. possible. Cause I got a lot of stuff, but Drew's stuff is, is heavier, (laughs) heavy, heavy. Always saying heavy. Is something wrong with Earth's gravitational pull in the future?
1: So, so, uh, hang on. So uh, opening statements, uh,
0: (laughs) you're all thrown off checks notes,
1: Carl, how was your week?
0: It was good, Drew. Okay, so it's been two Third weeks. Is yeah, <laughs> it's been two weeks since we we've been here and been doing this. So, going back two weeks, um, I had a we had game night Friday night two weeks ago. Friday, we played. I trust you that we did. because yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> we played on Earth. Do you remember? Yes, now?
1: we did. Yeah, ki- kinda. Yeah, mostly. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> you got to walk me through this.
0: We we played on Earth. Um, I believe. Yeah, Gen One.
1: That sounds right.
0: <laughs> yeah, she she scored a lot of points. Uh, but it was the second time uh, we have played that game. I've played it. I've been playing it a lot lately. The second time we played that game and your your kind of first fully attentive playthrough <laughs> of it do you remember any thoughts you may have had on it
1: uh it's a good game that's about all i remember i remember okay. thinking that was a very good game that uh i don't know you 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 and you said basically like it does a lot of things okay but nothing exceptional
0: that's clank
1: oh never mind yeah no i don't remember then okay but i right. remember i remember thinking it was a good game that's about it yeah
0: and then you and I played some Fire Pro Wrestling. Yes. Yeah, to right. which we will get to your review in, in your weeks. Okay. Um, and then Saturday night, I got together with my friend Adam, and we had a little bit of a game night. We played Tiny Epic Western. Mm. I The first time I got to play my copy, which I got back in Christmas. So I've now finally played all the board games I got for Christmas. Um, love that game. It's September. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's currently my my favorite of the Tiny Epic series. Okay. Um, so that one's real good. Then we played a new game, at least to me, and Adam had him played it. Our friend Corey brought it over. It was a game called Bunny Kingdom. Bunny Kingdom? Bunny Kingdom. And okay. this is a game of essentially like worker placement kingdom building mm. with bunnies. And it it so was... So Hugh Hefner is not
1: involved? No. Oh. No, no. Oh, okay.
0: Um, it was really good. It was really, like, enjoyable and kind of figuring out the game. And it, was, it might... It's potentially a pickup for me. It was... I really enjoyed it. I might want to play one more time uh, before I make that decision.
1: How do you make more worker
0: bunnies? Practice. Is there, is, is there a mechanic <laughs> for that? No. Uh, you have a fixed... Number at the beginning of the game.
1: Seems a little... There's no truth in this, (laughs) (laughs) argument.
0: So, um, also that Saturday... Was it Saturday? Saturday or Sunday? One, two. I got to play my first game, my first two games of X-Wing 2.0.
1: So, what's your verdict? Oh, I loved it. Okay. It was great.
0: It just, like, I was... I played with one list that I didn't think was gonna be very good, but I just wanted to try out some of the mechanics and it turned out the list I think with some tinkering could be really good. And I played with another list I thought would be a little more competitive and that one I just got I just didn't fly right and kind of a hot mess. Um but yeah, it was it was good. It was very enjoyable. The mechanics are smooth and they've ironed out a lot of the the rough spots of the game by stuff they've eliminated from the game um it's more emphasis on dogfighting and positioning now which has been surprisingly enough sorely lacking from the game for a long time you'd think and i could tell by the bewildered look on your face wait a minute this is a game about like dog fighting and, yeah. and positioning and there had been like X-Wing, original X-Wing, X-Wing 1.0 is a good study on game evolution and game design and how you kind of can't like, kind of in video games that we play now, if something has to get patched or fixed, it eliminates what was broken, in X-Wing, because stuff is printed on cards and you can't quite eliminate that, you just kind of put in a fix for what the problem was, but the problem still remains. Right. So whether or not the fix takes is, is something completely different. And it just got, kind of got to a point where they were running out of design space. So now this new version, they've freed up a lot of design space for themselves, so I'm really interested to see where it goes in the future. Um, which is going to be this Thursday, is the official like release of X-Wing 2.0. I was playing with a gentleman who was fortunate enough to have a friend at Gen Con who grabbed him some stuff because that's where they first started selling it. But the official launch is this Thursday and ran into a bit of a problem. Didn't think I was going to be able to get my stuff. Yeah, because I was going to
1: ask about that.
0: one of the, the local shops... Uh, the one local shops that a lot of us in the community get our X-Wing stuff from and and uh, put on a lot of the... They were pretty much the, the one shop with a regular monthly tournament you can count on every month. They announced that they were pulling out of board games altogether. This shop does a lot of other stuff. And they canceled all of the X-Wing 2.0 pre-orders, mine included. So I was like, okay, less than a week before the game comes out, we've all got to scramble down and find a place where they're going to have it on day one. Yeah. So, but fortunately, uh, Collectors in shout out to them, uh, stepped up and upped their order of product to help to kind of fill the void left by the other shop, and really appreciate them doing that. Cause it was for a moment there was looking like I was gonna do a Rochester road trip in the morning to Millennium Games. Cause the other shop that is gonna have in the area is a shop called Dragon Snack, but they don't open till three p.m. Ah. Bless you. Pardon me. There's always two. In the in. Bless you. I warned you. A master and an apprentice.
1: Uh, uh <laughs> yeah, something like that.
0: And to uh, to quote the immortal Mo Sizlak. Ciz- or an exchange between Moe and Homer. This thing can flash fry a buffalo in 40 seconds. <laughs> uh, 40 seconds? I want it now. <laughs> sure, I could wait till 3 o'clock, but why would I wait till 3 o'clock when I can get it at 10 o'clock? I, I hear you. Yeah.
1: I so, mean, you know, work. What's that?
0: Oh, uh, I already took the day off. Okay. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Took the day off. This is more important than work. You, you can fly. You're a pilot, <laughs> dang Skippy! I can fly and pilot. So there was that. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, for the first time since I was a, since I was a teenager, since I was 15 years old, I have a bicycle now. All right, I bought myself a new bike because the wife loves to go bike riding. I'm like, you know what? This is something that I think we could really enjoy together. So I got a bike. It's um. It's kind of cool. I showed you the picture, you right? did. Yeah, it's kind of like a retro design yeah, like bike, and it's all like matte black. How many good, speed is it? Good canvas. Uh, seven. Okay. Which, really, all I need. I'm not, you know. She insisted I get a helmet.
1: You need a helmet.
0: And uh, rode for plenty of years without a helmet
1: before. It, it, it you know, only bro. takes one time to regret.
0: But uh, she's she's... We're shopping for these helmets. She's showing me these different helmets. They're all the kind of ones like the slick, like arrow design, mm-hmm. and with the visor on. I'm like, I can't wear one of those. Who am I going to be kidding with one of those? I'm not the the type of person. You're overthinking
1: this, man. You're yeah. just a dude on a bike. But no, I just
0: got a basic black. You know, it's more more akin to like a skateboarder helmet or something okay. like that. So, got a lot of room for stickers on it. All right. So there was that, and then we uh, that Monday, Labor Day Monday. We did, we participated in the Buffalo Slow Roll, which is a 10 mile bike ride around Buffalo, and they do different locations every week. And at the end of it, you always end up where you started. At the end of it, there's always different food trucks there and whatnot. And it's like a nice little party.
1: Let's completely eliminate all the athletic activity that you've done in this bike ride by having the most awesome food trucks in town. Well, you know, it's, I know, it's a celebration.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that was a lot of fun. We've been doing a lot of bike riding Uh, since then. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think the only other thing I have is I recently finished watching, I stumbled across this documentary on Netflix uh, called The Power of Greyskull. And it's a huge documentary about the He-Man phenomenon in the early 80s. Mm. And it's fantastic because they cover everything from the original creation of the toys up through... Like, the collector toys that they're kind of making now. So, like, the the toys, the cartoon series, the film. And they had, like, Dolph Lundgren and Frank Langella are both in right. this documentary. And Frank Langella, I was very surprised here, loves that role.
1: He's great in it. He, he should is like, love it.
0: He's, like, Oscar-worthy performance in a, in a horrible, horrible yeah, film. Yeah,
1: he, he should... That that should be on his demo reel forever. Yeah. Because he's amazing in that movie.
0: And it was just... And like up through the, the 2001 reboot, which still to this day, looking back on I can't believe wasn't more successful than it was because it was fantastic. Um, it seems like the only two 80s cartoons that have gotten reboots that the reboots haven't been absolutely amazing, if not better than the originals, are our two favorites, G.I. Joe and Transformers. Like, we can't get a good, solid, like, reboot of these brands in cartoon form.
1: Well, Transformers has had several iterations that are... Yeah, but
0: none of them are good.
1: They're still out. Kids kids must like them. I don't care about kids. (laughs) Well... I care care about me. Yeah. What I I like. I hear you.
0: Um, And G.I. Joe, the same. Renegades was okay. You never saw Renegades.
1: No, G.I. Joe is one of those things that I don't think is going to come back. Yeah. Dan Larson might disagree with us, but I I as a concept I feel like it's just not it's a tough sell nowadays. Yeah. Um which is a shame. But.
0: Yeah. But like He Man, Thundercats, Voltron, like all these reboots were better than the original. Yeah. But and, they were also
1: kind of done with care and refinement to cater to People like you and, and me.
0: Well, the Voltron one was the, the He-Man Thundercats one. Both had short runs because the old thing, the toys didn't sell.
1: Right, but they were still constructed with the intent to market it to people like you and me. You know what I mean? So it had to be good. Like, they, they, they figured out what we'd want now, and they did it.
0: I mean, for crying out loud, the second episode of the Thundercats reboot had me in tears at the end. <laughs> so good. Tears don't Um, sell toys, Carl. Yeah, I know, I know. Actually, you know, sometimes it does. You know, you get the kid in the store crying enough for the toy. Yeah. God knows I pulled that card a lot.
1: Sure, tears work.
0: Uh, So tears can sell toys from time to time. In the store, yeah. So that's all my stuff. (laughs) Now let's get to your stuff. So I'm just going to run down so you don't forget anything. I'm just going to run down an agenda where you might want to start and, and end up mm. probably want to start with fire pro
1: then go to all in oh god yeah i wasn't even going to talk about all that stuff and you're, you're, no no this dude yeah you're this right this is big stuff this man. is all this all happened in um, the course of two and then
0: weeks. you know the unfortunate yes <sighs> and then the joy that comes in the morning
1: well oh pardon me while i get ready for all of that um <laughs> So, Fire so, yeah, Pro. Fire Pro Wrestling, uh, came out. Fire Pro Wrestling World for the PlayStation Four. It's been on Steam for a while, but now it's on PlayStation Four. Finally, came and it's uh, the first time that NJPW has included uh, their roster um, in a video game. So, pretty cool. Uh, as a game, it's fantastic. Uh, as a wrestling simulator, it's fantastic. Like you have to pace matches accordingly. You can't spam. Finishes. You can't spam strong moves before you come up from weak and medium moves. You have to learn how to pace a match. Um, and characters are customizable infinitely. Like you can, you can customize. You can make anyone you want, basically. Like, yeah. sure, only the NJPW roster is in there, but there's enough configurable parts in the game where you, I can make the whole WWE roster from like 1975 to, to current. Yeah. So you know.
0: Which you don't really have to, because people already
1: have. Exactly, I to go, I go online and just download them all.
0: Now, when we played Saturday night, we tried doing that, and the process seemed unclear. It's, ge- it's a little clunky. I'm, guess- I'm guessing you've, I have figured, since figured it, out. it out. Yes, okay.
1: it is not uh, the easiest way to go, but it can be done. So, uh, it's just going to take some time to set up. So, but fortunately, you can do. I can download them in a batch. Like I, I can go online. And just pick all the ones I want to download. Yeah. And then when I reboot the PS4, it will grab them all and download them. But then I have to manually assign each wrestler into a uh, faction and company. Okay. That takes time. So it's unfortunate, but it's the way the game is, unfortunately. So uh, it's fine. I downloaded it. I only downloaded one, one guy so far. I got Pentagon Jr. Yes. And I assigned him to a, a, a promotion last night, and now he's in the game. So yay.
0: So will you be doing the entire lucha roster?
1: As many guys as I can find, yeah. And I okay. still have to get like The Young Bucks and uh Cody and, and Heyman Page, the guys that were not included um from Bullet Club and stuff like that. And uh, a couple other guys that are kind of outliers that I want to I want to get into the game. Um and maybe some retroactive, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura since he's not in the game because he's not in NGW, NJPW anymore. Uh, and then I'll be careful about that because I don't want the current version that they have in WWE. I'm sure there's several versions online I can download. I want the King of Strong Style as I remember him in this game. So mm. anyway, so it's a great game. Um, if you're looking for big time flash and presentation, though, like uh, if you want it to look like real life, not the game for you. No,
0: if you grew up with like pro wrestling. um
1: no mercy and things yeah. like that like the the class the it, super
0: nintendo wwf games
1: i I'd, I'd say even the the n64 ones like this is more like that um, yeah. you have an isometric camera view it doesn't change uh it pans around but it, it the, the it doesn't change angles or anything like that um the characters are made up of like several different sprites and not polygons. So you're not going to get dynamic camera work or anything like yeah. that. And that's where, you know, someone that wants a little more flash is going to be disappointed. Entrances are pretty basic. Um, so it's limited in that regard, but at the same time, uh, the, the gameplay is awesome and yeah. fun. And when, especially once you understand it, it took me a little while to kind of get the feel for it. But now yeah. that I do, I'm getting pretty good. And I enjoy playing the game a lot. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a great game. Have
0: um, you attempted an online match?
1: No, 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 no. I'm still doing the uh, the uh, mission um, stuff where there's like thirty some missions, and it's kind of, it's like tutorial meets. It's 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 like a super tutorial. So yeah. you start off with just here's how you do your basic strikes and grapples and whatnot, and then from there you have little missions where okay, win a match, win a match. Win a match by submission. Win a match by count out. Uh, win a battle royal. Win a triple threat match. Uh, you know, do this in the match. Use your finish. If, if win a match using your finisher, etc. So I think I've done like 15 of, or 16 of those. I'm not sure how many there are, but I'm just going to keep yeah. crushing through those and see how it goes. So it's a very cool game. I really enjoy it. And for 40 I think it's $40 yeah. mm-hmm. on PS4, I'd, I mean, I'd recommend it. It's, it's, it's great it's scratching the itch for a wrestling title for me that I haven't I haven't had a wrestling game in forever. Yeah. So, I'm enjoying it in that regard. And then and again, uh NJPW's in there. So, you know, getting my getting my uh Okada and Kenny fix and ideally uh I'll try and get a campaign going where I can win the title with Ishii or uh with Minoru Suzuki or something like that because that would be awesome if they ever <laughs> actually got a run with the belt, but you know, in real life that might not happen. So, yeah, it's great.
0: I I think having played it um, its greatest strength is also its greatest weakness. Its greatest strength is that it is built from the ground up for hardcore wrestling fans.
1: More or less, yeah. For
0: people who want to craft their own federation or league or what have you, and the gameplay is extremely intricate within that philosophy. That being its greatest weakness, that if you are not a sold-out, hardcore wrestling fan, you're not going to have as much enjoyment out of this game because it requires... The learning curve on this game is very
1: steep. Think of it like a fighting game. In that you gotta know what... There's an inherent learning... Yeah, like you said, a learning yeah. curve. You have to know how to play it. And yeah. it, it took me a little while to get to, but like I said, now that I've got it, okay, I
0: got, I got yeah. this. Like, I was... Like, I, I told you when, when I played it, like, I was very frustrated with the hit detection on the strikes. Like that, that gets was easier. like
1: uh it's not so much the hit detection it's just you have to be you have to know where you are on the plane. Yeah. And it's not you know it's like if you were standing just to my left and I reached out with my right hand to punch you I'm I'm not going to hit you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm
0: saying? I think um I mean I hope it does very well to kind of warrant more cuz I think it's a genre of game that just hasn't had enough service paid to it
1: it's been dominated by wwe you know games every year and they frankly are not good i mean i'm sorry but they're not yeah. like they're just not good they're, they've been built on the same engine for like 15 years and it's just showing its age and it's not it's just not good
0: yeah okay so fire pro on to
1: all in all in all in all in was which was Saturday night two weeks ago yes uh the th- september third all in was the um first non w w e wrestling show to sell ten thousand tickets since w c w closed their doors in two thousand and one wow um in the United states that is yeah not, not worldwide in yeah. in the u s uh and it was awesome. Spearheaded by Cody uh, Rhodes and the Young Bucks. They This is not a promotion show. It's their show. They assembled mm-hmm. the talent. They booked the card. They booked the building. Um, and it sold out in 30 minutes. It was historic. And it delivered basically on all fronts. Um, what?
0: Specifics? Like highlights? Lowlights? Yeah. <laughs>
1: It's all highlights. There were no lowlights. Um, every match was great. They delivered what fans wanted to see. If you watch Being the Elite, especially on YouTube, uh, which is the Young Bucks and Cody and Kenny Omega and and hey yeah. Man Page, it's their YouTube show. It's Being the Elite. It's like thirty mm-hmm. minutes every week. They're revolutionizing how to do wrestling, air quotes, television, without like without Doing a TV show. Television. There's no matches on being the elite, but all their storylines and all of their, you know, antics are all there. And then you watch the the promotions that they're in. If you watch ROH, if you watch NJPW, you don't have to watch being the elite to to watch their stuff yeah. in those promotions to understand what's going on. But it helps and it's fun and it adds layers to everything. And as a fan, it just makes me that much more invested. So if you watch being the elite all in was like, here's the show for you. We're gonna pay off everything we've been doing on being the elite for the last six months to a year or more. Dang. And they did in satisfying ways. They like here's a here's a fun way to look at it. And I hate to I hate to bring up WWE all the time because I don't care or about There's nothing anymore, else out but, there to really But this is what it this is the point. The point is yeah. there are alternatives to WWE And the only way I can like the best way to get across what it's the strengths of the alternatives are is I have to bring up WWE, unfortunately. So WWE has this really sick relationship with its fans in that it loves to troll them and not give them what they want. It often talks down to them and does not give them satisfying conclusions and pulls the rug out from under them all the time.
0: They probably think, well, if we give you what you want, you're never going to come back.
1: Right. And that's just wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah. You got you to gotta give me good stuff to keep me entertained with your product. If you keep pulling the rug out from me, eventually I'm going to learn and I'm not coming back. Of course, a lot of people just keep coming back because they feel like if it's not WWE. See, this is the thing. A lot of WWE fans have grown up with only WWE. That's all they know. Yeah. So, therefore, in their mind, if it's not WWE, it cannot possibly be as good it can't be good it's low level it's 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 crap yeah. it's not it can't possibly be as professional as wwe that's a lie that's a that's a that's a huge mistake on your part so because wwe loves to not give the fans what they want all in gave everyone what they wanted for a whole show and it was awesome start to finish awesome by all accounts, the weekend that they had. They had a big convention attached to the show. Smiles everywhere. Every fan had a great time for a whole weekend and celebrated wrestling. No problems. No hiccups. Like, it was great. It was like a nice. celebration. It was like the Woodstock of wrestling. and Everyone <laughs> had, had a great time. Um, the highlights. Every. I mean, like I said, the whole show was a highlight. But standout moments? Oh, sure. There's lots of them. So... Um like the Battle Royal that opened on the on the pre show was awesome. Probably one of the best battle royals I've ever seen. Ever. Okay. Normally a battle royal is a big schmaz and nothing, you know, you don't really know what's going on until it's just like the end. This battle royal, everyone got time to gotta get moments in and it was made up of really cool moments between guys. Like, oh wow, that what a fun little battle royal we got going on here. And right when you think the the worst of the worst, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, or uh, I'm sorry, Bully Ray, as he's known as, and non WWE. Won? No, he didn't win. El hijo, hijo de Chico, nephew of Chico, masked luchador. Um, he never got into the match to, to begin with because Bubba Bully Ray uh power bombed him through a table at the start of the Battle Royal on the outside, so he never entered officially. Ah. He reentered and defeated Bully Ray, and won the Battle Royal. And when he took his mask off, I brought this up before on the show, El Hijo de Chico was Flip Gordon. Flip Gordon, who was not booked for all-in because Cody hates him so, uh, snuck in and got himself booked for all-in because the winner of the Battle Royal would later face Jay Lethal, ROH champion Jay Lethal, in an ROH championship match. So, fun, off the bat, fun little thing happened.
0: So, Cody hates him kayfabe or hates
1: him? it's gotta be kayfabe because <laughs> it's the lines are blurry, but it's gotta be, a, it's a kayfabe thing at this point. So flip is young. He's, he's a little green, but he's, you know, he's, he's, yeah. he's got potential. So anyway, that was a highlight. It was a fun moment. Um, <laughs> Where do I begin? I, I, this is a, this is a family friendly show. So it's hard to talk about, but it was incredible. And it was probably the, the, the moment of the night. So, okay i'm being the elite they've done they've been doing a storyline for like six months that joey ryan uh a wrestler who he's in uh lucha underground yes his claim to fame is that he flips people using his his his, his uh his manhood okay uh so in being the elite, Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page, was jealous of Joey's prowess in this regard and called him a phony and killed him in his sleep in Japan. And for months, he's been uh, paranoid of being found out uh, as have having killed Joey Ryan. Okay. So Joey Ryan's been, been dead. And Page has been losing his mind because he thinks people are onto him having done the deed. So Hangman Page had an awesome match against Joey Janela, Chicago street fight, all over the arena, you know, brawling and, and tables and weapons and stuff. And he won. It was great, great spot off a ladder, through a table. I mean, he protected Joey Janela very well, but it looked it looked like vicious. Yeah. So it was cool. After the match, okay. <laughs> so you've watched The Undertaker, right? Yeah. You have been probably privy to one of his many returns, right? When he's sure. been gone for a little while, yeah. and the lights go out, and the druids come out, okay, and they have you know the druids all flank the stage, and then the Undertaker comes out flanked by druids,
0: okay. It's an audio medium, Drew. Okay, <laughs> <I, I'm laughs> people can't I, I'm, see the. i uh, look on I'm your. I'm trying
1: face. to make this as as. Uh, Again, family-friendly as possible. So there's a video package that plays after, after Adam Page has won the match. And it shows, you know, the, the, the killing of Joey Ryan. And then it, you know, it shows his lifeless corpse and his bloodied face. And it pans down to his sweatpants when something begins to rise. <laughs> <laughs> and the lights go out. And then eight phallic druids (laughs) flank the stage. A phalanx of of phalluses, (laughs) as it was called by the commentary team, flank the stage. There is Gregorian chant druid music playing. Well, there should be. And out comes the resurrected. See what I did there? erected joey ryan yes. he's alive No <laughs> surprise pop of the night okay it was incredible because uh, the words i'm saying are so ridiculous you just have to run with it, it oh was, yeah it, um, it's either the funniest thing on the show or if you're like a purist you probably hated it but if you watch being the elite it was it paid off months yeah. of a gag and it was awesome it was awesome he gets the ring he does the 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 um the groin plex, as it were, to 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 Adam Page, and Adam Page is then carried away by the 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 the, the phallic druids into the back. Alright. Um that was awesome. Cody won the NWA uh, heavyweight title, the belt his father made famous in the eighties. Nice. That was a cool moment. Um that was a fun little match there. Um our Lord and Savior, the Rainmaker Okada, had an amazing match uh, against Marty Skrull, the villain. Uh, Marty. The gag is that Marty Skrull is a uh, uh, junior heavyweight, as in not a heavyweight, and Okada is Okada, like the greatest wrestler on the planet. But he hung in there, and he had a great match, and um, the, the, the outcome was never in doubt. But they had a fantastic match until yeah. Okada realized, I'm Okada, and then, and then it was over two rainmakers and it was it was done but it was great it was an excellent match um, pentagon junior versus kenny omega miedo cero miedo yes no zero fear
0: sorry manny
1: um, great match uh, pentagon is not the most technical wrestler but he is Boundless, he, has, he has boundless charisma and character, yeah. and that's why he's awesome, because he's just awesome to watch. You watch yeah. him, and you're excited by him because he's cool. Kenny is Kenny. He's like one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, mm-hmm. bar, bar none. They put on a really, really good match. They had I mean some real stiff-looking power bombs and stuff that were a little scary, but they both came out unscathed, and it was great. Uh, Kenny won. Woo! Lights go out lights come back on pentagon is standing in the ring across from kenny he attacks kenny and then you start to notice that pentagon looks a little different so as kenny then uh eats several um finishers of someone else pentagon takes off his mask and reveals that it's actually chris jericho chris jericho showed up to all in to do a run-in on kenny omega also to sell tickets to his uh, cruise coming up, the Jericho Cruise, where there will be wrestling matches and, uh, in bands and the whole thing. Jericho's a little enterprising machine, so he's got the Jericho Cruise coming up, and uh, it will be headlined by the Young Bucks and Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and oh, who else is? It's it's a, it's a it's a three on three. I forgot who they're else they're tagging with. Is it Hangman Page? Maybe Hangman Page. But either way, I thought. Kenny and the Young Bucks were. They are, but the Bucks are Bullet Club, but they're also now Alpha Club. So. It's so confused. It's but just, it's just a match. Just a match. So Jericho remarked, we'll see you on the cruise, Kenny. So wrestling matches on a boat. On a boat. Is
0: balance going to be an issue? It's a cruise ship. It's like. I don't think it'll be a problem. Was, you know, I saw in my internet surfing's
1: Ray Mysterio was at this. He right? was. And he had an outfit, but like Wolverine, he was dressed as Wolverine. He's done this in the past. He's been the flash, the Joker, like, and yeah, he, he's a comic book guy. So awesome. he's had several great outfits. Yeah. The main event was great. Although they had to cut it down from 28 minutes to 14. Ooh. So it got cut in half basically because the show was going long and they had to get off the air yeah. by a certain point. So they basically had a six man match. Um, Young Bucks uh, and Kota Ibushi versus Rey Mysterio, El Bandito, and uh, Rey Phoenix, as from Lucha Underground that you might remember. Okay. And they basically had to condense a 28 minute match into 14, and they it was just spot, 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 like get all, get everything in. <laughs> and they got it all in, and they got off the air with like literally seconds to spare. So wow. it was great. It was really fun. Huh. But anyway, all in was fantastic. What a show! Um, I, it, it's a landmark thing for the business. Uh, independent wrestling is cooler. It, it's remember it's just when the better. remember when the NWO hit and it was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, like, even though it was WCW, but it seemed I like they remember, were outsiders.
0: Like probably my last great wrestling memory before watching you know the matches that I've gotten to watch with you. You know, the last time that like wrestling really impacted me was when Hulk Hogan turned heel.
1: Right, right. That was like a shocking moment. Yeah and it felt like these guys were kind of like, you know, on the outside doing their own, th- you know what I mean? Yeah. Except now that that that's that's real now. Like these there are these guys that are on the outside and they're making it their own and they're yeah. just, and they're just working and it's great. It's awesome. And they they're in ROH, they're in NJPW, they're in Mexico, they're all over the world and they come together in these shows that happen in all these different promotions and it's awesome.
0: Odds that we see Kenny Bucks, whomever, in Lucha Underground, for no, instance.
1: Uh, unlike very, very unlikely. Just due to the way Lucha Underground is is taped in advance and the way they book talent and, and contract talent. Um, don't look for them there, but look for them in ROH. Look for them in NJPW. Um, look for them in independent wrestling shows that are happening in your town, wherever you might be. There's probably independent wrestling happening, and if they have, if they're of any stature. These guys might be booked on those shows. Hmm. Go have fun. It's I mean, it's great. Cool. So yeah, that was all in. All in was 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 awesome. Nice. So yeah. Uh, okay, that's two out of the four boxes. We get to check here. Yeah. I exist. guess I guess we're on on the bad box. I don't want yeah. I don't want to dwell on really, but it has to be dwelled on. So, um, yeah. So we unexpectedly lost Lucas a couple, well, last, last week, last Tuesday. We were supposed to do our show, and unfortunately, Lucas uh, somehow got bloat, which is a very serious condition um, in, in dogs where, you know, their stomachs get overfilled, be it with air or water or food or whatever. And in certain dogs, uh, when that happens, they are prone to turning, and when their stomachs turn, it cuts off blood flow and, and, and you know, it cuts off the lifeline to those organs, and if it's not caught basically immediately, uh, it is fatal. So we were not home. We were at work. Uh, Jen's father was here, and, you know, it was not caught in time. And unfortunately, by the time we got home, we know, I mean, it was very clear he was not looking good. We rushed mm. him to the emergency vet and they, you know, they looked at him and they were just like, you know, it's, this is very serious and, uh, you know, sure, we can, we could, we could do surgery and, you know, attempt to right his, his stomach and yada, yada and but based on the blood work they did, they, it was pretty, pretty much a certainty that his organs were already failing as a mm-hmm. result of, it was too, it was too long. Yeah. So that was Tuesday. Yeah. That was last Tuesday and, uh, that was an unexpected, uh, blow out of nowhere and really, uh, really messed us up and, you know. Uh, I've I've done podcasts in the past where uh <laughs> I've had to talk about things like this and uh it ruined me and uh I'm I'm kinda holding it together right now. Um we miss him we miss him terribly. The house is uh the house is is not the same in any capacity. Like yeah. it's quiet in this house now and that's mm-hmm. weird when I still have three dogs and something else to um fill the fill the air around here, which I'll talk about in a moment. But it's there, there's a huge presence missing, and uh it's it's not going to get filled. It's just not, so yeah, yeah, it sucks so wow well, yeah that that
0: never gets easy I've gone through it numerous times myself I've you've gone through it numerous times yes it's never ne- it's never easy
1: no. So, no, it's not.
0: Especially, I mean, to this show, Lucas was kind of the unofficial mascot. Oh, yeah. So there's oh, definitely yeah. something missing right now just from what we're doing right now. You know, we've got no, you know, panting breath trying to get into <laughs> and out of the door numerous
1: times. As much as a pain as it is, I would uh, give just about anything to have that Oh, right yeah. So, yeah. You
0: know. so Lucas will be dearly missed. Uh, but, you know, as, as I said, joy comes in the morning and... Quite literally, joy uh, came
1: in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, this is all it, 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 we we go from one extreme yeah. to to the other, and it's weird, you know, because uh, you know it's a lot to kind of process. But uh, so that was Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, you know, we're both obvious. Jen and I are both obviously very upset. Go to work, and you know, just, it's yeah. kind of in a fog. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. But around 3.15 or so, she said, um, we have to go to the hospital, and we have to induce labor. Okay. Okay. So uh, she was due on Labor Day, so we were a couple days past due. Yep. They took a sonogram, and it was like, oh, no, you want to go and get induced now because, I mean, I don't want to give you, like, the whole Yeah the whole stretch of events but it was time to induce they had to do it so uh we did and um you know despite um some you know con- concerning moments leading up to the event uh nothing serious but you know some some red flags here and there that were like yeah. okay well you know we don't want that let's make sure that doesn't happen mm-hmm. and then yada yada you know it's a very serious thing um in in a in a labor that is going to upset uh many a mom <laughs> in the world uh that was literally four to five pushes and welcome to the world uh Thursday 1 uh 12 a.m. uh Grant Lucas Celestino was born Yay!
0: to the world. Yes. Drew is
1: a daddy. Living that dad life, son. <laughs>
0: Oh man, I'm so happy for you guys. Yeah, that uh we came by and visited a couple of days ago. Heard about the labor duration, we're like <laughs> Yeah.
1: No. Just and and like physically, uh, you know, he's a little guy, so he's
0: he's a he's a little like the word peanut is
1: always yeah, used with
0: kids, but he is a little peanut. He is a, the most adorable old
1: peanut. Oh, well, he's my son, so you know I'm, he's he's not exactly gonna be blessed with size, most likely. <laughs> um, we'll see, though. It's you know, it, it, it could change, um, but in any case, uh, as a result, physically, like Jen's doing just fine. <laughs> so she's she's uh, she's doing a okay. Good, good. Um, he didn't put up much much struggle to get out, so everybody's good. Mom's good. Grant's good. I'm good, um, and he's awesome. So so
0: to to quote. Uh, one of my to quote my favorite television show, an episode in which uh, which is The West Wing, an episode in which uh, the character Toby just had uh, not his the office, first Toby. children, what?
1: Not the office. Toby. No, no one, one likes him. The West Wing. Oh, okay.
0: Um, President Bartlett asks Toby. So, so what do you know today that you didn't know before, or what do you know now that you didn't know before? So how? how has the the perception of life changed in
1: in these short days or
0: has it uh, it doesn't i mean some it takes time sometimes it, some people it's instantaneous
1: well i mean the the connection is immediate yeah okay like yeah make no bones about it like uh, you know we we love we love him we love him to death like he's yeah. he's everything um so Not that that's unexpected, I guess, but I mean, it's a very real thing that I can't really describe to you. Like, you know, but but if you don't have kids, I can't describe it to you. You just, you just know when you know, you know, um, and that's not to say like, you know, I'm not trying to, I don't like the cliche. I don't like cliches like that, but it's kind of, it's kind of cliches for
0: a reason. That's true. So, You, you know, you don't know what love is until you have a kid.
1: Yeah, I, I guess you have yeah, like, I mean, it's just you a, it's have a, a
0: base understanding, sure, and then you have that kid, and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is what my life is about now, and more I'm okay less. with that.
1: Yeah, more or less that. Um, it's it's responsibility, you know. Yeah. it's 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 a it's a huge burden in a good way. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. fe- you feel every ounce yeah. of it. So the- that so that's you know I, I, I that, there is that, but then in terms of like you know how what's I guess what I'm kind of surprised by is like you know how how different do I do you feel and I'm like, oh you feel different you feel grown up yet and I'm kind of like no yeah it's not that no I feel the same yeah. I just there's just a third person here now yeah <laughs> honestly like yeah and I'm sure that hey look he's gonna grow he's that gonna, gonna get gonna he's gonna grow. get mobile things are gonna get hectic yep and that's all gonna you know then mm-hmm. it's gonna then things are gonna start to feel different but for now it's like no it feels you know we're home yeah. we're home we got a he's, kid.
0: They're not very interactive at this point. Yeah, you know, they 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 sleep, they eat, they poop. That's basically that's what they do at this so, early stage,
1: and that's all fine. Like you know, I I don't I, I just like kind of sitting with them and holding them and yeah checking them out, make sure he's cool. Yeah, opens his eyes up and looks around like a little drunk guy, and you know it's funny, and I laugh and <laughs> talk to him, and it's and it's cool, it's all cool. Isn't
0: great when they sleep on you? I know we talked about this. Oh, yeah.
1: Isn't that like the greatest thing in the world? It William is. Wayne doesn't
0: do it that much anymore. It, it
1: inspires me to sleep, though, which is which is a double-edged sword. It's like, no, that's not, good. It you is. Gotta,
0: it's, the, one of the old sayings that's actually like, true and accurate. They sleep,
1: you sleep. They sleep, you sleep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's true. So, like, yeah, we had a little nap today. He was I was playing some Fire Pro with him, and I'm like, he, he was passed out on me. So, I, yeah. I got some matches, and then I was kind of like, yeah, I'm good here. I'm going to take a little nap. <laughs> yeah. I took a little nap. Um, but no, he's he's awesome. I well, I I love him to death. So it's it's really cool, and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's what, that's what's going on. That dad life. So the adventure begins. It has begun. Yes, it has begun. Um, and yeah, his he's he's named after Grant Morrison. In case anyone wants to know, yes, Grant Morrison.
0: <laughs> Lucas obviously is.
1: Yeah, Lucas. We we didn't have any strong. Feelings on on the middle name for you know leading up and in light of events, it was like no, that's that kind of has to be it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he's awesome. Yep.
0: So that that does it for our weeks, which I think is probably hmm. the longest. How was your week? Where are we at? I'll the check time the timer. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Here. Let's see. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's forty seven minutes. That's, yeah, that's show.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the the longest. How was your week? But with good reason
1: content in there, Dear, man. Yeah.
0: Dear listener, if you would like to tell us about your weeks, reach out to us, comment on us, congratulate Drew on his new addition to his family. You can do so at the following locations. You can follow us on Twitter at DevilsDupod. Pod. And go to Facebook and go to Facebook.com slash Pod and like our page. You can email us at Pod at gmail.com or you can find all these resources available to you on our website the devils do podcast.com drew that being said we do have a couple of emails i hope so from well actually they're just emails from last week we didn't get oh, any new well, emails. You know, whatever. well people probably didn't know if we were gonna have a show or not i didn't know if we were gonna have a show or not Which we're back baby fine. yeah we're back we're back in in, in dad
1: form yeah yeah, yeah right <laughs> so okay. we're even less cool to the kids now
0: so, we uh, we have emails from probably the best way to describe them is Uncle Alan and Uncle Jay.
1: <laughs> Unky. 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 I'm a big fan of Unky. Yes. So uh, Danny DeVito's not going to steer you wrong. It's <laughs> Unky.
0: <laughs> That's true. So, starting with Mr. Alan Waiters, Drew and Carl, if you were to make a Daredevil video game, what style would you use? Open sandbox like the Sony Spider-Man game? Or more gritty, um linear like like the Roxy Batman Arkham games.
1: Mm. Like um I mean style of he's talking style or genre, I guess.
0: I think he's saying more style. Um What are, so Arkham or what? Arkham or the current Sony Spider Man game. Like more sandbox? Explore. I think I would probably do sandbox, only because like the the New York City, the Hell's Kitchen, what have you. The architecture there is kind of set, and you know where locations are. Yeah. So you can go to specific locations in the game, whereas Gotham and Arkham has always been in the interpretation of the artist.
1: Yes. Um, I, I guess if, if those are the options, yeah, I would go with the Spider-Man game just based on what I've seen of it. Um, I, I want that game. I want you to play that game. Badly. It looks pretty insane. Um, right now I'm, I'm backlogged. I, you know, I still have yeah. Octopath to play. Um, I got a few more hours in, in the hospital, which, um, which was good, but I'm, a, I'm a ways away from ever finishing it.
0: I'm, I'm in the home stretch of Octopath okay. and then that Spider-Man will be the next one.
1: So obviously I have, I also have, uh, Fire Pro. So, you know, there's that, um, that Mega Man 11 demo happened and that's yes. fun, Yeah, difficult, but fun. Um, I don't know when that's coming. I, I, I think that comes out in November or something like that, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. So cool. get ready for that. Um, so I'm backlogged, but I would really like to play Spider-Man, but that means that by the time, uh, I'm ready to play Spider-Man, it'll probably be on sale. So yeah, I just yeah. want to, uh, to be honest, I don't even care about the story. I just want to run around New York city and see stuff i saw some. web swing never gets old no and especially again because i know new york city very well because i've been there a million times yeah i want to just run around and check out buildings and locales I'm like oh yep. look what they put in the game look at that yep so i think yeah spider-man
0: okay yeah spider-man
1: um hold on a second uh, unlock that phone son it's been a while it's been
0: it's been a while carl what will be the greatest life lesson you teach william Um, this is actually pretty simple, and I've spoken about this before on the show. Um, if the greatest life lesson I could ever teach William is this, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul and love others as yourself. If I can get that right with him, everything else will fall into place. It's that simple and incredibly difficult at the same time. So yeah.
1: Hashtag Dadly.
0: Yeah. Hashtag Dadly. True. With the 30th season of The Simpsons, hmm. with the upcoming 30th season of The Simpsons, what makes The Simpsons such a pop culture phenomenon, especially the early season?
1: Well, the early seasons are obvious because it was good. Yeah. It <laughs> at was, the time it was subversive. It was uh, cartoons like that did not exist at the time The Simpsons came around. And it it it, it had heart. It was smart. Um, I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it did. Yeah. Uh, and it had Bart. It had, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Art. Look at it that.
0: Smart. It had Bart.
1: Yeah. It. It. It just. It came at the exact right time when it needed to. And those first ten, fifteen years were magic. Yeah. Magic. So its legacy was established. I mean, it was. It was sound. It. It was on solid mm-hmm. footing where it never needed to do anything else. Yeah. And they kind of kept going. And look, I'm going to be honest, it, it
0: it's time it, to be done.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm not now I'm not one of those guys that says like it oh it stinks after uh, this yeah. insert line of demarcation here. You'll
0: always even on new episodes, current episodes, past couple seasons, you'll always laugh at least once throughout an episode.
1: Yeah. But the episodes themselves are not as good as they used to be. I yeah. I mean, I will concede that they're not. But there you will find one or two episodes a season that are as good as the show has ever been. Yeah, but so it's just not as consistently good as as it was in its prime. Um, but after thirty years, I don't know, man. I, I feel like, what are we doing? Let's let's just what a run, okay? You know, why why continue to kind of?
0: It's one of those things that kind of makes you wonder when they finally call it on the Simpsons that series finale. Wonder if that will be the thing to top Mash for the most watch television. I think I don't program. think so. Most think, most watched non-live television program
1: i don't think so honestly um television ratings are down across the board for everything i don't think yeah but there's certain things that will bring people back yeah, especially but- when like you can
0: get fox over rabbit ears so
1: i just think our culture is kind of past that i have to see this live mentality um it. I mean, it'll do numbers, but yeah. it won't break any records or anything. Will do it, those mash numbers. No, no. The thing, singular moments like that in our culture are going to be fewer and far between. Um, I look at music, especially, look at record sales, big artists. You're not going to have. You're yeah. not. You're not going to have ubiquitous cultural moments like that anymore. It's going to be niche stuff for it's pockets of stuff for, for people that yep. like and that are interested, and that's really what you're going to have. But either way, I would like I I really wish they would they would kind of wrap it up at this point. They've already lost uh, the voice of uh, of of Mrs. Krabappel has passed Phil Hartman alone. I'll I'll tell you that even though he wasn't a principal cast member, that That was was like a a real blow to the show. And that could be a moment where I would say show is never the same, you know. So how many who else? Not for nothing. Uh, the voice of Marge is starting to get like a. She, she's having a hard time keeping yeah. that voice up like what are we hanging on to you know like does a principal cast member have to die before we call it a day like maybe it's time
0: yeah alrighty anyway. cool thanks Alan uh, moving on to Unky J Carl and Drew I was recently in Columbus this weekend as my wife has family there what is your least favorite place to visit as I have just returned from mine oh least favorite place to visit
1: well, here's the thing. Work? Does work? You know, <laughs> you know, you know. Um, I, wow. Uh, if I don't want to go somewhere, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, I can't really.
0: So. I can't.
1: Yeah. I'm about Actually, you know what? Now that I've been there twice and I feel no desire to go back except for the weather, L.A. Yeah. I don't want to go back to L.A. Seen it. Done it. I'm good. Good. I'm good there. All righty, uh,
0: Drew. Upon your demise, why does he always ask you questions about when you die? I mean, it's going to happen eventually. Upon- yeah, I know, but still, he doesn't need to rush it. No. Upon your demise, what would you like your funeral to be like? Mm. Specific music, special coffin, carried away like the Hangman Page at all.
1: See, see, see. It's <laughs> the moment. Um, you know, believe it or not, this this is a this comes up, and I'm mowing the lawn sometimes. I'm thinking about like, hmm, what would that be like? Certain songs that, you know it just comes up, and I got the headphones in. It's like, yeah, you know what? Play that one at my funeral. Yeah. So yeah, there will be specific song choices. I think. Um, no specific casket requests, or or I don't I don't need the phallic druids. Although it would be kind of cool. Not gonna lie. Really, really <laughs> The phallic minds. Drew is exactly. <laughs> Um, it works on so many levels it really does and I think it would really blow minds at the at the at the, uh, the funeral to people who don't know what what is going on they'd be like why are there inflatable uh, Drews uh, right <laughs> What what is happening right now that could be fun yeah you know I got I got some some songs that I like that I think would be a uh, choice um, so you know I'd keep it classy yeah. nothing I'm not gonna bust out like some death metal uh, uh, opus or anything like that just you know, some Weezer, maybe some Nine Inch Nails, maybe some Metallica. I could find something to, to rope people in and just, you know,
0: have a little party. I'm a, I'm a little cliche with my funeral. The uh, Obviously, the Guns N' Roses version of knocking on Heaven's Door. Mm. I think it just,
1: yeah. I would also have... I told uh, Julie to cremate me. Cause yeah, same. I'm, funerals you know,
0: are so dang expensive.
1: I mean, you know, have a, have a gathering by all means. Oh, yeah. But, but
0: I don't... I told Julie I want everyone like, to wear uh, superhero T-shirts to my funeral.
1: Yeah, wear what you want. I don't care. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't need to be put in the ground or anything. It's expensive. You know, I'm gone, man. You, yep. you do what you want with me after that. Uh, beer. There will be beer at the funeral. Good beer. So drink, enjoy, celebrate.
0: I'm gonna pour Budweiser in your ashes. Oh, that's, just, that's <laughs>
1: man. I'd rather. I'd rather you pee on my ashes. <laughs>
0: I mean, really, oh, me tomato, there. tomato.
1: I, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so funny story. We were at the hospital. Um, it's a children's hospital. Yeah. So, you know, they have kids there and stuff. So they brought, the, uh, they brought one of the, the Budweiser Clydesdales to the hospital for the kids. Yeah. And I was walking past it, and, like, my mother-in-law was like, oh, it's so beautiful. Like, and it's a very beautiful animal. Huh? Yeah. But I was sitting there. And I just walked by. I'm just like, you know, never have I been so repulsed by something so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not a horse. It's a marketing tactic. And I ain't falling for it.
0: <laughs> no. Alrighty. Uh Carl, if you could take the characters from Pixar movies and put them in a Street Fighter type game. Ooh. Who do you think would who do you think are the strongest? Um hmm. Yeah, think here. Well, you got your uh your Sully from Monsters Inc., mm-hmm. good good beefy Zangief type character. Mm-hmm. Probably be really good. Um, let's see here. You know, Buzz would probably be sure. Buzz and Buddy would probably be like kind of the Ken and Ryu of the game. <laughs> nice. Um, you know what? I see I see Mr. Potato Head being a wild card character. <laughs> Just like being able to like use his parts as projectiles, sure. but each one would have like different effects and whatnot. Yeah. Um. Let's see what else cars cars would be hard to do yeah car, cars would be hard to do there's been a car in a fighting game once and it wasn't you
1: know I'm, I'm what oh you know you didn't I'm sorry oh, what
0: there's there's an old fighting game for what is it Uh, I want to say Dreamcast Dreamcast okay. no Sega Saturn Sega Saturn I think it's Sega Fighting All Stars, something along those lines. But the car. a car from Daytona, car. USA, is a character, and you fight with it. Is it
1: like a transformer?
0: No, no, it's a car. It's just a car. So, cars, you know, punching with its tires and whatnot. Okay. We'll we'll look up some YouTube after the
1: show. Yes, that. we will. Yeah. <laughs> um. Trying to think what else. Mm. I mean, anyone from Finding Nemo is going to be difficult because they're yeah, underwater.
0: Nemo's going to be di- unless unless you do the the daughter, the little girl, mm. the crazy one. Okay, she just grabs you and, and shakes you, puts um, you in a bag and shakes you.
1: Wally, put Wally in there.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's not really a fighter though, but you know he's scrappy. Yeah,
0: you know. Um, The Incredibles, you got your power oh, well, is pfft, there a whole cast in there. Yeah, so it's 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 uh, it's worth realm worth exploring sure sure so, all right, that uh, that does it for the cross-examination which was considerably shorter than yeah I thought there'd be more <laughs> I want there to be more oh well okay it's okay which brings us on to the news and we don't have a lot of news to go through <laughs> Yeah, some stuff not a, not a some stuff. stuff we'll go we'll go back two weeks first mm. and if we go back even further three weeks mm. uh we we discussed a new story that was announced three weeks ago that we kind of had a chuckle about and we'll be continuing chuckle about three weeks ago we announced that Alec Baldwin was cast in the Joker Alec film Alec Baldwin and then the next week he
1: left the Joker film yeah that was that was a real uh Hi, bye, bye. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. I guess um, guess he doesn't want to keep playing Trump, which I guess is what this Joker film is building uh, Thomas Wayne to be. Because that makes sense. Yeah. Because that is not at all what that character was. Um, so, yeah. Baldwin was like, yeah, you can get any number of guys to play this role. See you guys later. Billy Baldwin. Billy Baldwin. <laughs> get, get a lesser <laughs> A lesser Baldwin. Baldwin. So yeah, so you know what reminds me of? Do you remember those old sports goofy cartoons, like the football one and the soccer one? Vaguely, there was a there was a hockey one, right? And <laughs> there, at one point, there's a and the announcer's calling, and these two guys are fighting, and the announcer's like, "And there go Bertico and Ferguson in the penalty box," and then a little while later, the cartoon. And they come out of the penalty box and immediately start fighting again. And the, answer, the answer's like, and hey, here come Bertico and Fergus out of the penalty box. And there go Bertico and Fergus back in that penalty
1: box. Yeah. So it's, like, bing, bang, it's like that. Done. Wow. Like, that's, uh, huh.
0: Okay. Yeah. We'll have to look at that one too. This it's, movie is still happening, by the way. It is happening.
1: Yeah, this it's Joker movie.
0: It's currently happening.
1: I can't believe this is happening. It's currently happening.
0: Whether or not it will
1: ultimately it, happen. It's happening
0: well now if they keep losing cast members that they, they lost they one. can't They'll hold on for a else. week um okay so weird, a new weird. story that didn't garner a lot of attention but i think is definitely worth mentioning uh last two weeks ago incredibles 2 quietly became the first animated movie to hit 600 million dollars hmm.
1: not surprised makes sense Not surprised. anticipated yeah big big movie so
0: it was just like i'm I, I was surprised, but at the same time, not that an animated film has never done that before, considering, like, you know, Toy Story. And yeah. You would yeah. think if you had to pick an animated franchise to cross that mark first, yeah. Incredibles would not be the one that I would have thought of.
1: Well, like I said. Uh, Probably it, like it, a Toy Story or Despicable Me or something I like that. I would think Toy Story among the franchises, but uh, Incredibles had a lot going for it. We're, we're in superhero culture mode still. And it, it has been a long time since the first yeah. one.
0: So, I've heard nothing but good things about the second one. I haven't seen
1: month. it yet. I feel so More bad. But, you I. know, I, time is, is at a premium. So um, good for that. Good for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
0: So on to uh, this past week. Uh, very show relevant. Extremely show relevant. We got some teaser stuff for Daredevil Season 3.
1: We did. We got
0: like a teaser image. Mm-hmm. Of a missing poster of Matt Murdock. Yeah. And then we got a, not even like teaser trailer, but just like a 30 second
1: clip. It's a clip. It was of on, on Iron Fist season two, which I have yet to watch. I, but I hear it. It's
0: probably the stinger at the end of the last yes, episode. Correct. Um, so we have Matt in the confessional in costume, not in the Daredevil costume per se, but in the, the black in the Proto Daredevil yeah.
1: costume. And he's not sounding like Matt. Something tells me uh, his world is going to be torn asunder in this season. And what is the remark that he says? I'd rather die as Daredevil than live as Matt Murdock. Is yeah. That? Okay. Well, Folks, that's not the Matt we go, know. Go read Born Again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they're clearly probably going to do Born Again. Yeah. Which, hey, you know, if you are yeah. going to, if you got Good. one, we don't know how many more of these uh, seasons we're going to get. So if you are going to do it, do it.
0: Both, um, from a lot of things I've seen, I've seen a lot of positive, a little bit of negative, but a lot of positive about Iron Fist Season 2. Mm-hmm. And then I saw an article earlier, to tell you, both Mike Coulter and, and um, Finn... Jones. Finn Jones are both down for
1: a Heroes for Heart series. Make it happen, man. I Do it. Again, get we those want guys more, together. We want more patty cake. I'm... Um, I'm down. Those, yeah. those guys are great together. Um, I hear good things about Iron Fist Season 2. Yeah, it can't so possibly be worse. So, I mean, it can always be worse. I guess. It can but but it, always be it worse. It would take effort to be yeah. worse. So now bringing us probably
0: the biggest news story of the week, we got first images, first official images from Captain Marvel Yes, out. we did. So we got to see the costume. Yeah. Which there's a little, little Drew-like nitpick I have on the uh, costume. I
1: know what you're talking about. And, I don't care.
0: But the... The they kind of, as you said in our chat, they kind of buried the lead on well, the let's, reveal let's,
1: of the... Yeah, let's let's pause for a minute, because the big headline was, you know, Captain Marvel finally revealed. Yes. And it's like, here she is in costume, and it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, it looks cool. It looks, she looks cool. They, yeah, they she took, looks great. They, they took the literal costume off the page and made it well, MCU'd it up a little bit, and no, there it is. Not the literal costume off. Thanks, God. Knowing blue stripe going down. Oh, well, like I said, they mcu it up a little bit so they can sell you new toys, because um, you know that's what they did, and yeah, it's cool. Like, okay, great. It's great. I th- yeah, I thought they were going to drop a trailer based on the uh, Twitter verbiage before the the deadline came, but that's
0: yeah, okay. No trailer was kind of disappointing.
1: Yeah, but that's fine. So we had these, these shots, and it's like, oh yeah, there she's in costume on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Then there was an actual still shot from the movie, which looked better than the cover of the magazine because the mag yeah. they, they always somehow over Photoshop yeah, these things way too much. So the, the still shot looked great. I'm like, oh, wow, I spent some money Solid. on that costume. All right. And then we got to see there was a shot
0: with, um, we got to see a little bit of Marvell.
1: Yeah. Uh, they're not saying that it's Marvel, but it's Jude Law playing a senior Cree be commanding Mar-Vell. officer, and um, it's Marvel. We on. saw Ronan. Ronan is back yeah. from Guardians because this is a prequel, folks. Yep. Uh, the Space Force, which has who he's on the Space Force guy. Yeah. Um, and they look cool because they look all like, you know, green and black Cree looking suits and it's like oh this looks pretty neat but what didn't get like a lot of traction in that initial like release which to me as a marvel nerd i was like you're burying the lead here man scrolls you've got scrolls honest to god scrolls in the mcu man this is a big deal i'm sorry but this is a very big deal and they were just like
0: straight up they were not disguised or anything it was just
1: Scrolls. Yep, they're green. Look at them. They got stripes on their chin, although not quite as, uh, uh, as as wrinkly. Because I would guess because they don't want to confuse people and make them think that they're kind of like Thanos. Yeah, but they still have stripes on them. And so they you, got the ears. They got the ears. They wear pur- purple outfits and they're green. Yep. Okay, they're scrolls. They are scrolls. Wow. Now legally speaking, that was a big question mark for a yeah, long, long time. But we were all kind of asking, weren't they
0: part of the Fantastic Four film rights?
1: Right, because when the Avengers, the first Avengers when we came out, and the Chitori were the alien race that invaded, um, there was a lot of talk that it was supposed to be the Skrulls, but couldn't be because of the legal ramifications yeah. with, with Fox. Now, one of two things either happened. One, that was never the case, and here we are, Skrulls, makes sense to introduce them now. Or two it was the case and now the acquisition is basically a done deal and marvel's like yeah we're doing it we don't care yeah either way Skrulls. scrolls wow and this apparently is going to be like the the Kree, uh, the mcu version of the crease scroll war yeah, in I Captain thought marvel there
0: were there were two things that this can potentially lead to um like we we've talked about kind of where they go what's the next big thing they do after Infinity War is resolved and we get to the next iteration of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, introducing the Skrulls introduces one of two possibilities. One, they could do like just kind of a running Kree Skrull war story with Earth caught in the middle. Mm -hmm. Or two, they could do Secret Invasion.
1: Everyone wants to talk about that, and I guess I'm the, I'm the only one that's just like, don't do that. <laughs> I would be totally okay if they decide to do
0: Secret Invasion, because then you have something that can carry the weight of Infinity War without having to do the grand until the absolute end. Maybe. Rem- I- remember, the MCU is notorious for taking titles... And reinventing them,
1: true. Like yeah, they Age, of with Age of Ultron was nothing like the comic. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Civil War was not at all like Civil War. I mean, yeah. kind of, but not. I mean, really. Winter
0: Soldier was kind of was like probably the one that followed the most closely.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, either way, hey, we're getting we're getting scrawls and yeah. what a time to be alive. <laughs> if, I, if if they turn one into a cow at any point. Whoa, that's all I can say.
0: I I love, love the image that I think Alan sends us where someone did a mock-up of like a 90s pop album with that yes. the in the water. It's <laughs> yeah. so well lit. It's so great.
1: Yeah, it looks like, like a boy band. Oh, yes. tremendous. Oh, God. Tremendous. It was, did, did you see the picture of Nick Fury? Like youngified Nick Fury? Yes. Yeah. Now, it looks great. Marvel has this incredible Youngify technology that yeah. they just sprinkle on guys now, and it's like, oh, hey, Michael Douglas from 1985 is right there.
2: Yeah. Oh, um, look, it's
1: Michelle Pfeiffer from the same era. Yeah. I'm now, curious to see how this is going to
0: work throughout an entire film.
1: I'm sure that we won't notice or care. Here's the thing, though. As cool as it is, like, hey, Sam Jackson looks good there, right? And they're doing it for uh, Clark Gregg as well, for Agent Coulson. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say it because I, I, I have to big missed opportunity huge missed opportunity here with the young sam jackson why couldn't we put the wig from pulp fiction on no yes no because yes. Not
0: everybody is watching it giggling instead of watching it paying
1: attention. oh no they're in They're. i'm in i'm all in <laughs> well
0: no because that hairstyle wasn't in in the 90s
1: yet yet pulp fiction took place in
0: 1994 man the time that pulp fiction takes place is erroneous at best
1: I'm just saying I'm just they put the
0: quote on his tombstone. I know. I know. <laughs> I think I think the wig or even the goatee would probably have been one step too far.
1: No way. I'm I I need it. I need it. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time with the CGI magic. Let's make it happen. <laughs> All right. So that
0: that about does it for the news. Um, we didn't, for obvious reasons, Drew has been very busy, so Quite. we don't have an Quite. episode this week. What well, we do have, though, is a bit of a discussion that was suggested by uh, Mr. Emmanuel Marin in his last visit to us, and it's something that I thought about, I thought would be a good subject for discussion, and that is comic book collecting. Yeah. Now, when I say comic book collecting, I mean specifically not... Necessarily buying a comic book for the sole purpose of reading it, but buying like a back issue for the purpose of collecting and having a complete run or even for lack of you know better reasoning and investment, whatnot. Cause it like it doesn't happen all the time, but it happens enough to where somebody will come up to me. And say, like, someone I know, and they'll be like, hey, I found comic book X, Y, Z. Is it worth anything? Yeah. So I thought it'd be an interesting discussion to have to kind of inform the people who may not um, be collectors, per se, but may be interested in getting into the collecting. Like, kind of how to go about it, what to look for. So, yeah. um, I I suppose this would revolve predominantly around back issues.
1: Yeah. Well, like well, I mean, here's the thing. Back issues are what you get asked about mostly. Yeah. But you're a comic book guy and people who don't know comics ask you, "Hey, yeah, like you said, I've got these comics, are they worth anything?" And, you know, I I'm going to let's let's get it off the bat. Um if they're from the 90s, 9 times out of 10, no. 99 times out of 100. Yeah. The answer is going to be no, they're not. They're worthless. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. You might not want to hear that as an answer. Most people don't want to hear that as an answer yeah. because they were told in the time they were that they were released. They were going to be these yeah. I collectors I worked, yada, I worked at a
0: comic shop for a time, and there was like it would happen at least once or twice a month. Someone would come in. They wouldn't like we wouldn't recognize them. Comic shops have fairly regular customers. And they would come in with a big box of comics. And they wanted to sell them, and you could kind of tell they thought they were going to get a huge payday there. Yeah. And it just—they opened the box up, and it was all '90s stuff. You know, Death of Superman, which you know, not worthless, but it's not going to make a car payment for you, right. Either it's no. like 75 eighty-dollar book
1: at most, bagged at, at most. Yeah. Um. Now the the one the one out of the nine, out of the hundred uh to the ninety nine that is, uh would be something like the first appearance of Deadpool.
0: Yes. New means 90 ninety-nine? Ninety eight or ninety nine, I'm not sure. Yeah.
1: Um either way, that issue, because of Deadpool's popularity, has skyrocketed in, yes. in, in in value. Um or something like um oh I don't know. I actually I don't know. Deadpool might be, I think, he might be the big yeah, exception. <laughs> it
0: it helps to approaching us defining value how does something attain value
1: right well as far
0: as yeah as far as comic books go there is i've always said there's implied value and then there's actual value right implied value there's a company called overstreet and they put out every year once a year a comic book price guide which lists depending on what volume you get Dang near any comic book you can think of that's been released since comic books have been around. Like this thing is thick. It's like a it's book. gonna be like phone book thick, and they give you a uh, a value, a number of value based on the condition of the comic. Like you know, good, fine. We should probably bin, talk about those like. too. When yeah, we're done. We'll, we'll we'll get to there. Um, so they give you they give you a number of value based on that. That is what I refer to as implied value. That's what the this highly regarded company is saying this comic book is worth. What actual value is is what people will pay for said comic. And the easiest way to find actual value on a comic is eBay. Go to eBay, look in seeing what people are paying for that specific completed and sold listings.
1: Yep. And that'll give you an idea. That's the actual value.
0: And then when you get into those listings, get into like condition, which we'll talk about in a moment. And was it part of a, a bulk sale? Was it just sold by itself? So that'll give you an idea of what the value of what you have is. If you're not finding it on there at all, it's not worth anything.
1: Probably. Yeah. Or it's so rare that they haven't necessarily sold on eBay. Possible That's a possibility. Yeah. But, you know, again, most You're not going to find
0: Action Comics number one on
1: eBay. No, no. Books of that caliber are... Yeah. are We have brokers for that yeah, kind Yeah,
0: of you thing. go to, like, auction houses to sell those.
1: So if you've got something like that on your hands... You're uh, good. You don't need us. You need to call a professional. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, but the probably the most common thing is, like, you know either relative passes or someone just kind of hands down a box full of stuff like that. And it can be, it can be books from the 1990s, which don't. Okay. Should probably back up a little bit here. Comic books take roughly 20 to 30 years to really come into their, to start to come into their value. We're seeing now the, the books from the eighties really start to increase in value um, and the reason we're seeing this, and obviously going back, you know, 70s, 60s, 50s, whatnot, comic books having huge values, is because, as you mentioned,
1: rarity. Rarity. The, the more time goes on, the less of these things are likely to survive. Yeah. So the, more, the fewer there are, the more valuable it will be when a, a suddenly a surge of people has interest in it. Finite resources, folks. I mean, this it's... Yeah, I can't make it any simpler than that. Like, how, how, how many
0: How many times have you heard the story, oh, I had, you know, X-Men number one, Spider-Man number one, Fantastic Four. Mom Fire threw number one. it out. Mom threw it out.
1: Right. Yeah. My, now, mom has
0: been the greatest help to the collector's
1: value. The only thing that's, you know, the only th- the thing that is hurting value from like the 70s onward, honestly, the, the, the thing that's going to hurt it indefinitely, is basically that's when uh, the direct market Became a thing, uh, comic book stores. Yeah, who 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 shops at comic book stores? Collectors, people like me, people like yeah. you. I buy my my comics, and you know what I do? Read them, bag them, board them, and I don't touch them again. Most likely, yeah, they are safe, they are secure, they are protected, they are in perfect condition at all times. There's a lot of me out there, and a lot of people that shop at comic shops from that time forward do the exact same thing. So finding a copy in great condition is not that hard. Basically, the books become less rare. Books in good condition become less rare after a certain point. So the 80s and the 90s and onward, it's it's very, it's not like action comics number one, where we had war and paper drives, where comics were melted down and liquidated because they were disposable. These things have been made And and bought and sold by people like me for the sole purpose of keeping them in perfect condition. So yeah, there's a lot of that, more of like, them out there.
0: Going back to like you mentioned, Action Comics number one. Back then, there was no idea these things would happen. No, so were, kids like rolled them up, stuck them in their back pocket, or right. colored on them or whatnot. And it was just taken from that. Flash forward to the, the 90s. What happened? What happens to the value? Well, first off, up until the early to mid 90s, Yes, there is that direct market in the comic book shops that has that has come up, but comic books are also still largely available in where we discovered them first, which was spinner racks at convenience stores, yeah, right, right. grocery stores, things like that. That starts to go away. And in the 90s, the collector's boom happens. And the collector's boom is when Death of Superman came out. It was a very slow news day, and it was the first comic to really get huge mainstream media news coverage. Right. So all these news outlets are hyping this thing up, making it sound like you've got, you know, buy 10 of them because they're going to be worth like $1,000 each one day. (laughs) So when Death of Superman is released, you have lines out the door of comic book stores going down the block. And these are people who have probably never darkened the door of a comic book store before. And they're buying 10, 20 copies of this thing and it sells out almost instantaneously that thing went like I think seven or eight reprints yeah at the death of Superman issue had so then Marvel and DC get wind that hey people want to buy comic books as an investment the age of the gimmick begins oh the gimmicks so yeah oh
1: the gimmicks foil covers foil cut covers covers, die cut foil covers die cut cut foil
0: hologram
1: don't forget embosed, the embosing. The embose. Um, we had the rub the blood phenomenon of image. where You could rub the cover and show the blood, make the yep. blood appear and disappear. Uh, number ones number started ones. to become more frequently, um, which
0: there were two like legit mega hit number ones, which was Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man number one. Yes. And then Jim Lee's X-Men number one.
1: Yes. Um, to a lesser degree, X-Force number one.
0: Yeah. X-Force was kind of like it was bagged and it came with, like, collector, collector cards. cards. Oh, yeah. And you had to, like, try, like, I hunted down, like, all the cards, mm-hmm. and I had them in all the bags. Um, Spider-Man number, number one had bagged. was bagged and came with different colored backgrounds. Yep. And then there was the, the ultra-rare platinum cover oh, color yeah. background. The, the X-Men number one had,
1: what, five covers?
0: Yeah, five different covers that all formed a pretty awesome, still to this day, iconic
1: yes, X-Men absolutely. image.
0: Um, but yeah, you had people buying multiple copies of this book and print runs exploded. Millions of copies. Print runs were at the point they were back in the forties and the fifties when comic books were first starting. Print runs were just out of control and everybody's buying these things and everybody's doing what you said earlier. They're buying them. They're bagging them. They're boarding them. They're putting them away and forgetting about them. So what's happening, Drew?
1: None of them are getting thrown out or destroyed. Right. Exactly. So, so there's, they're not rare. Yeah. And if it's like, it's, 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 that simple. It's just, it's not rare. If, if you've got, um, a spawn number one, welcome to the club
0: and, and you want that book to increase in value. Here's what you can do. Go on eBay, buy a crate of spawn number ones. When you get it light, light on, on fire, fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's the
1: best thing you could do yeah. for and your spawn number one. Then. Hope that the new the the new movie is like a blockbuster. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's kind of where value falls into place. Right. I Think we've kind of ran a good gamble with value. Now the second aspect condition.
1: Yes. Now this is a this is where you know it gets confusing. It, it uh, to be fair, uh, not to use a god, not to use a grade term because fair is a grade term, but we'll get into that the this, this this can be a little confusing for people because your your conditions come to like basically poor, fair, fine, good, very good, near mint, mint, etc. Yeah. and like when people hear good good isn't that good to be honest with you. Yeah, good's like good's par, good's middle grade. Like I'm going to I have I have the I have all these pulled up if you want me to read them. Yeah, um, I I prefer the number system. Well, there's numbers on here too. Yeah. So like you've got incomplete, which is like 0.3 to 0.1. So that means we're missing covers. Yeah. Um, you know, we we've got serious damage. We got f- just you know, uh, pages missing, etc. Yep. Tears, just the, the works. Poor 0.5. Okay. Poor comic. Major defects. That there's almost no collector value. In this. Yeah. So if you're if a poor comic. Uh, it's missing pages. It's missing the cover, possibly maybe the back cover. Stained, uh, abrasions, ink is missing, sun fades, yeah. things like that. Uh, or it's been written on yada yep. yada. Um, okay. Now fair. You hear fair, and you think like, oh, fair. You know, like, it's yeah. probably not bad. No, fair is not. See again, yeah. like, again. These you're not in the uh... one point five to 1.0, That's fair. Yeah, and that means um the only
0: books that are in, Any of these conditions listed that you will make any money on are Action Comics
1: number one or Detective Comics 27. true gem comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So a fair comic, it has all of its pages and most of the cover. Um, It's worn ragged and a little unattractive. It's got heavy creases and folds, possibly. Uh, The paper quality might be low. The spine and the cover might be split. Um, You might be missing staples. Yep. Coupons that were in the comic might be missing. Um, panels possibly clipped out. Parts of the front cover might be missing. Soiling, staining, tears, markings, or chunks missing that will interfere with reading. Um, Tape uh, is acceptable for a fair comic book. So now we're going to get into what they call good. And again, this is where it gets to be a little, uh, kind of a... a, a, Something you
0: might make a couple
1: bucks on. Yeah. Now it's 3.0 to 1.8. And 3.0 is good to very good. You
0: mean 1.8 to 3.0.
1: I'm reading it as it says. So, you know, okay. we're going we're going yeah. high to low. So a good comic, is as it says here, is a misnomer. Uh, it's readable, but there are defects, okay? Yes. So a good comic is everything that we said before, but better, okay? So yeah. the paper might not be good, and there might be pieces of pages missing. Um, books that are of this grade are almost always creased or scuffed or soiled, but still readable. Yeah. Okay? Um, large pieces could be missing from the cover. There may be long or many spine splits and um, the cover might be detached, but not missing. And this is still a collectible comic book. It's still mostly intact, even though it's condition might not Mm -hmm. be pristine. Very good. Now we're getting a little better here. Okay. So a very good comic are complete, but they may have creases or a spine roll. Yep. Spine roll being if you were to take the comic lengthwise as in, uh, you know, and and roll it across its spine. Yeah. Thus thus sprinkling so the you, spine.
0: If you lay the comic down flat and it curls up a bit at the spine, that's spine roll.
1: hmm Now cover gloss can be low or sometimes no gloss at all. Inside paper quality can be low and small pieces of pages are missing. Books with brittle pages cannot grade higher than three point five and are even lower sometimes. Uh, books in this grade are almost always creased, scuffed, abraded and soiled, but readable and a larger amount of tape is allowed in this grade. Yeah. Apparently. Um, then the the next one up. So next one up being fine. Now, see, this is where I get a little annoyed to me as a word. Good is better than fine. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But in comic rating, fine is better than good. Yeah. So a fine comic is a seven to a 5.5. Okay. A fine comic is a is definitely a read copy with handling wear but can still be very desirable. Uh, it could have one, one major defect like a larger piece of the cover or a long tear or a detached uh, centerfold. It has some stress lines on the spine and creases from opening and closing of the cover. Uh, it could have a light reading or subscription crease or a rolled spine, but it's not damaged enough to reduce the eye appeal dramatically. So in other words, you look at it and it your gut says it looks good. Yeah. Um, it can have some color dis- cover disc cover discoloration fading in colors and soiling is allowed, uh, cover and, or inside pages could have some tears or folds, uh, with the absence of many other defects, the cover can be detached from one staple, but the cover cannot be completely detached from the interior. You'll see that. you see that sometimes with yeah. mm-hmm. one staple just gives out. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, pages might be brownish, but not brittle. If they're brittle, yeah. we're going to be less than fine. So uh, depending on how the comic looks, it says here tape, some small amounts of tape might be allowable in a fine book. Better than fine. Now we're getting into near mint territory. Very fine near mint. This is what basically all people like me's comics look like. Yeah. <laughs> or better. So we're going from like 9.0 to the 7.5. We're in that range. Mm-hmm. Looking good here. A very fine comic book appears to have been read a few times and has been handled with care. These grades allow for some more defects than higher grades. Overall, an above average copy and is still very collectible. So, it may have a fold or crease in the cover that breaks color. So, let's say you've got a black spine of the book. Yeah. Um, where, where, the, where the book opens. Yeah. If it's been creased or crinkled a little bit, you might get a little crack. when you see the, the white paper kind of mm-hmm, pop through. Mm-hmm. That's what they're talking about here. Uh, a few small chips on the cover. So think about corner dings and yep. things of that nature. Or or, or my the one that, that hurts my heart the most, the minuscule corner fold. The itty-bitty corner fold yep. that you can just see. And you're like, ah, oh, it was right there. Uh, some stress marks on the spine few small chips. Uh, The cover has some slight surface wear, but still has much of its original gloss, and there is nothing major wrong with it. Sun shadows, dust shadows, and tanning can be darker and have more of a visual impact than those in higher grades. Now we're getting into the gems, the cherries, the good stuff. Near mint to mint. Oh, I like these. Oh, Carl, these descriptions are are sexy. Do it still. Listen to this. This book is an excellent copy with great eye appeal. Vibrant with supple pages.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
1: I love it. Supple. Go on. Go on. That. that that's it, really. But But. supple. Yeah. Uh, spine may have a couple of small stress lines that break color. Minor creasing. Spine is almost completely flat. As in it's you know looking good. Hasn't been... It doesn't fold over. In other words, it doesn't curl. Um, Cover is relatively flat with minimal surface wear, and the cover inks are generally bright with medium to high reflectivity. Staples may show some discoloration, but it's not too noticeable on the first glance. Inside pages and covers will be off-white to white, but can be cream or off-white with the absence of other defects. Now we're getting 9.6 and above here now, Carl. Near Mint. And then we have Near Mint Mint and Mint. Basically, at this point, your comic book is yeah. in exceptional condition.
0: Yeah. And here's here's something interesting. A a 10 mint condition comic book? Almost impossible. Almost impossible to find. And I'm talking about, like, of books that we go and buy today. Yes. New books. Just because the basic shipping and the stuff they
1: go through and the machinery, some little thing's going to happen to, like, every book not to mention they get packed shipped across the country handled by a store yep. by a staff put onto a table or in a rack of some kind yeah a 10 unless is you are there rare.
0: to grab it off the printing press you're not getting a 10 and if it's like older than five years it's not a 10 it's just it's not you're never going to hear about like a 10.0 uh, Action Comics number one, no, or Detective twenty seven. We keep saying these, and I'm sure most people know, but Action Comics number one's first appearance of Superman, Detective twenty seven's first appearance of Batman. Um, so yeah. So how do you go about buying comics for collecting purposes? Well, uh, comic shops are going to be the best outlet. I don't advocate buying comics on the internet because of the nature of comic book collecting. As Drew, you just went through is very intricate process to grade a comic book. So what you want to do is you want to go to comic shops. Um, I think it's a comic shop locator.com is a website that if you don't know of any comic shops in your area, you can find one. Um, when you're at the shop and you typically their back issue bins will be in either drawers or uh, comic book long boxes or whatnot like a filing system you can go through. If you find something that you think you want to purchase um, and you want to inspect it further, if this comic book is bagged, do not open it yourself and inspect it right then and there. I don't care how long you've been doing this. I don't care how much of an expert you are. It's professional courtesy to take it to somebody in the shop who has authority and ask permission to inspect the comic now obviously if this is something that's like a higher quality book nine times out of ten those will be on display behind the counter so in order to inspect it you would have to speak to them anyway but i say again if it's in a bag or in a board and a filing system ask per- and you want to inspect it ask permission it's just it puts you in good standing with the store. It shows that you respect their space, and and it's just a good, good practice. Um. As far as inspecting it goes, it's been a long time since I bought for purposes of collecting. Comic book collecting is really expensive, <laughs> um, depending on what you want to collect. Uh. So. What I would do, at least myself, is I would start at the borders on the cover and just work my way inward. Especially, like, nine times out of ten, you probably just want to start with the spine. Because if there's going to be a defect nine times out of ten, that's where the defect's going to be. Because it kind of holds the book together. Yeah, it it holds the the book book together and susceptible to the most, like, wear and tear.
1: And we should also point out, like, I, we've gone over the, the descriptions, and these are the things you should look for when you're when you're doing that. But here, here's some here's some friendly advice uh, as a, from, from a a collector point of view, and I, and I don't mean and I don't necessarily mean from an investment point of view. If you want to collect something and you don't care about all that stuff, dude, go for it. Yeah, collection. Yeah, th- it's a personal thing. I've got a complete run of GI Joe, the original Marvel series, one through one fifty five, whole run. Yeah, Are they all mint and your mint? No. Not even close. The key issues are the ones I I really like. Yeah. The ones that are worth. The significant ones, right? A silent issue. But by and large, my, most of mine are probably good to find at best. Yeah. I, I might even have some, some mm, less thans in there. Mm-hmm. But to me, I don't care. To me, it's a complete run of that series because I want it and yeah. I have it. And that means something to me. If So if you've got something that you want, dude, don't, you know, if you don't care about that and you just yeah. want to have it, that's collecting, man. That's collecting. That's yeah. personal. That's collecting for personal enjoyment. Yeah. And the other and thing That's about the best it is, kind of collecting, too. If you, you know, if you do have a key issue that you really want, like in my case, I got to be honest with you, I want an amazing Spider-Man 129 in the worst possible way. Yeah. First appearance of the Punisher. Yeah. I want it badly. Wanted it for years. Probably should have got one before before now. Yeah. But here's the thing. I'm at the point now where I still want one, but I don't necessarily care if it's if it's a perfect 10 or not. I just want one. Yeah. So, I'm willing that, to um, I'm willing to to get a lesser just so I can say that I have one.
0: I had a shot at one of those once and it was $300.
1: That's about the range that I was ready to strike at and then it, it that, got away from
0: me. That book is I think it's more now. It's between 8 and 1000, I think oh, great. for that book. Well, so, wonderful. Yeah.
1: If I can go back in time five years, I'd be buying up those Deadpool well, yeah, comics. Well, yeah, obviously. Um, anyway. So, yeah. So. Set a budget for yourself is what I'm saying. Set a
0: budget for yourself when you want to inspect the comic, ask permission, um, find a way that of inspecting it that, you know, finds the finer points that we've discussed here. Uh, so, lastly, let's talk about selling comics. Hmm. The, uh, the great the great heartbreaker of, of selling a comic that you thought would get huge payday for and it's just you're not. So when you think about selling comics, the first thing most people will think of is going to a comic shop and selling them there. And that's the easiest way to do it. It is. That's the easiest way to do it. But.
1: You're not going to get full value, though. Yeah.
0: Here's the thing that people never take into consideration. And. People complain about this in different industries, but it's it's the cost of doing business. If you are going to a comic book shop, let's say you have a book that in the condition you have it, its actual value is $500. You've looked it up on eBay. It's averaging $500 what people are paying for this book. You're walking into a comic shop expecting to get $500 mm. for this book. Here's the problem. If the comic book shop pays you $500 for that book, and then they turn around and put it on their shelf with a, say, $700 sticker on it,
1: who's going to buy it? Right. The shop has to make their money. Yeah. but you're going to take a hit.
0: The shop has to turn a profit on things they put out money on. The shop is investing in your product, essentially. So they have to, make a, they have to turn a product on that investment. So you will get roughly, if a shop is feeling generous, or if it's like a valuable book that they really want to get, you'll get about in a best case scenario, you'll get seventy five percent of the value. Yeah. Common case scenario is you will get round about fifty percent of the value of the book. Right. And that's I'm no sorry, no one likes to hear that, but no that's one the likes truth. to hear it. But you know what? The shops got to make money. Yeah. Yep. And that's, like, the sole thing that they're making money on. Now, that's the easiest way to sell a comic. The hardest way is to find someone who wants that book, who's willing to pay the actual value of it. That's when you turn and go to your Ebays and things like that. Right. Or you try to, like, you know, take a take a stab at having a table at, like, a flea market or a convention or something like that. Um, that's the harder way of doing it.
1: But that's the only way to ensure that you're going to get the most possible for
0: yeah. it. And then on top of that, you're still not going to get that actual value all the time because people are going to haggle. Yeah. That's just the nature, that's the nature of the nature beast. Of selling anything,
1: man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean, personally for me, haggling is kind of part of the fun. Uh, uh, if it's not a house or a car, I'll, you know, willing to haggle over a price of a comic. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then when you get like, as we mentioned before, your, your gold... Stamp comics, your action number ones and detective twenty sevens, those get sold through like brokers and auction, auction houses. houses and, and, and,
1: yeah. and just and those will probably be what we call slabbed, which means they are yes. encased by the CGC, the comics uh, grading, whatever that whatever they're called. Uh, yeah, those books are not meant to be read; they are encased in a in a in a, a plastic coffin, yes. and they are stamped with a grade so that they are now basically a viable commodity to be traded around. Yeah. Their authenticity that, is 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 without question, and their condition has been documented, and it will be forever in that condition so long it is, it is in the slab. Can't read it, but if you're buying something like that, that's really not why you are buying it.
0: Yeah, and if you're buying something like that, chances are you can read it digitally for dirt cheap. Right. Just do it that way. Right. Or get a reader copy of it. So... I think we've pretty much kind of covered. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, it's basis good, of good collecting. a good crash course on collecting. What is the, uh, in your opinion, was the most uh, personally valuable comic book you have, and was the monetarily the most valuable comic book you have?
1: Mm. Monetarily, it might be something like the Death of Elektra, or I don't, I haven't really kept up with uh, New Mutants eighty seven, the first appearance of Cable. I have that as well. Um, it might be something like that. GI Joe one fifty five. Goes for a decent Is that amount. The silent issue. It's the final issue. Ah, um, the print runs were by the end so low. Yeah, and then the resurgence happened, and those were very hard to get. So I got one. Um, those are probably the most valuable comics I would say that I have. I could be wrong. I mean, you know, normally knows what I have up there. <laughs> I have enough long boxes. Personally speaking, that's that's kind of weird. I don't. <sighs> The personal books for me are stuff like uh, like Grant Morrison's new X Men run. To me, that's personally my jam. Yeah, that GI Joe run. That's my that's personal to me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I that means the world to me. Um, as weird as it is, like a personal connection I feel to comics, it's probably worthless, and they're not even like fondly remembered necessarily, and they're by no means like great but, like, the original Savage Dragon miniseries from Image, uh, it was a three-issue miniseries before he yeah. got it as ongoing that's been going on to this day. The, I don't know. I loved those when I was a kid. I thought they were yeah. super awesome, mm-hmm. and it was my favorite of the Image, the initial Image books. That was my favorite one, and probably, to be honest, the, the most well-executed and coherent among yeah. the, the creators of the, at the time. And I don't know. that It, it was my favorite thing when i was younger and to this day it's kind of like it just has this weird kind of place in my heart yeah i can't explain to you why it just it just does
0: so for me uh, as far as monetary value goes uh, i believe amazing spider-man 300 okay. is my most valuable issue the first appearance of venom i think that's hovering between a thousand and thirteen hundred good condition Let's which, see how that movie does yeah well <laughs> But I'm never going to sell it, so... Oh, well. Um, As far as personal value goes, there's three that spring to mind immediately. First two are just, like, random issues of... A random issue of Batman and a random issue of Web of Spider-Man, which were the first two comics I purchased the first time my father took me to a comic book shop. Okay. I had purchased comics before from, like, Spinner and 7-Eleven and whatnot, but... The first time I went to a shop, my father took me, and those were the two comics I got that day, and I still have them. That's cool. The Web of Spider-Man one is is bagged and filed away. the The Batman one is bagged, but only because of the personal value. The cover's detached, and, mm. and um, it's not. It it's a comic that normally would not be bagged. And ironically enough, I've had opportunities to pick up that issue in better condition again, but I haven't because like it doesn't. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, And then the other one is probably the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man number one. I've got that. Because that was my first, like, number one. Mm -hmm. My first new comic. The first new series that I was part of from the beginning. So, yeah. So that's it. Cool. All right. Collecting comics, folks. It's fun. Yeah, it is fun. I am not as much a collector anymore. I primarily just buy to read and then the bulk of what I buy actually ends up we use them as giveaways for events (laughs) and things like that. But that's fine because, you know, the stuff I really like I keep and the stuff that's, you know, just kind of regular monthly reading for me I just find a
1: a home for. I keep everything. It's it's depressing.
0: Yeah. I got to that point where I was just like it's taking up a lot of space. Yeah.
1: Now I collect vinyl too and it's – Yeah. 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 (laughs) More stuff. Yeah.
0: You know what else takes up a lot of space? Mm. Kids
1: yeah yeah so yeah everything in its place carl everything in its place
0: (laughs) all right folks that does it for this week felt good to be back um sending off the uh the cobra island studios 2.5 we're just gonna call it 3.0 down there in grand fashion next week we'll be in cobra island 3.0 probably this is
1: this is 2.5 ah yes this is kind of 2.5 yeah um
0: Next week we'll be in the new studio, a.k.a. Drew's basement, where all podcasts properly spend their lives in a basement somewhere. Probably. <laughs> uh so if you want to send us any questions, uh, any comments, anything, communicate with us, you can do so at the following locations. You can go to Twitter and follow us at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Pod, like our page there. You can email us at thedevilsdopod at gmail.com or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. Drew, that being said, any closing thoughts?
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, Welcome to the World Grant. And um, I really, really miss you, Lucas
0: grants will be on the show one day
1: oh yeah he one, he, one day we heard him crowd one,
0: one day we'll hand the mics over to him and william and just tell him like
1: go <laughs> it's your show now
0: it's your show now. all right folks thank you very much for joining us you